This is a warning. This podcast is not suitable to be listened to around kids and probably not even out loud at the office. We cuss a lot, we drink during the recording, and we touch on some very adult subjects. We recommend listening when the kids aren't around or when you have headphones. Thanks, guys. Bye. This is Jen, and this is the Let's Chat Paranormal Podcast. I'm here with Eric, Jesse, and Papa Paranormal. Say hi, guys. What's going on? How's it going? Hi, guys. And it's episode 95. Yay! It's our first recording of the year. Woo-hoo. What's wrong? What's what? Oh, you were, like, making some gestures. Oh, no. Yeah, I wasn't talking to you. Oh, okay. <laughs> He's trying to be kind of cool about it. And I just oh. called him out yeah, immediately. I was, uh, <laughs> I was trying to save you for not being interrupted. But... Oh, yeah. I interrupted myself. Anyways. Yeah. Um, all right, guys. Uh, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, and wherever else podcasts are heard. Don't forget. Burn hub. What? No. Uh, don't forget to give us a good rating. Um, oh, one sec. <laughs> there you go that's probably another factor yeah. yeah don't forget to give us a good rating go. uh, share with okay. your friends and family and if you have your own story that you'd like to send in send it to let's chat paranormal at gmail.com and you can follow us on facebook and instagram both of those are let's chat paranormal two years two years and my sister still talks into the back of the mic was i <laughs> yeah that, I, that was the one of the things i was like i can't hear what's going on oh well there's a big old circle in front of me so i can't see the mic so whatever um <laughs> anywho's uh so yeah any creepy updates no no just uh hanging on by a thread my same, mental health same just how about you how about y'all but uh, no, no creepy updates. Every time Jesse does that, I picture Bruce Willis in The Fifth Element when he's like asking him the questions on the radio show. How are you feeling? <laughs> Fine. Fine. <laughs> yeah. um, I am negative. I am a meat popsicle. <laughs> oh, that? When he's like, carbon! <laughs> <laughs> God, that sounded so good, too. Yeah. That's my first try, too. I'm proud of myself. I've watched it so much when I was little, so oh, I better yeah. be good Jesus at it. Christ. Yeah, it was the... on TNT all the time, and I loved it. That's the tequila surfacing <laughs> through the blood right now. I've literally drank three sips. It's yeah, going to take more than that. Uh-huh. Yeah, but when yeah. three cups are in there. Yeah, when, when you measure your, your tequila by cups, not ounces, it's a, it's a game anywho's, changer. Anywho's. Um, okay, so uh, do we want to share anything before we... Get... Yes, yes, my holiday movie pick. How about oh. that? We'll go back to that, right? Okay, so, okay. Violent Night, check it out. A lot of fun. Okay, okay. A lot of fun. The Menu, terrible. <laughs> <laughs> terrible. Okay. And then, uh, oh my God, what was the other one that I said that was fucking amazing? Mm, um, I don't know. Damn it. Sorry, I, I have fucking a bad forgot memory. it. Yeah, I know. I got a bad girls memory. Two in a cup. Ew, yeah. that, no. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> that did just awaken a kink in me when I saw it. I wasn't. Jesse's the one that showed it to me the first time. <laughs> oh, my and, God. And he was all like, it's like I watched your innocence die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just her face, it. I was like, it's ruined her life a little bit. All right. It really did. But oh, anywho. Um, no, I, I'm an e-fucked veteran, so that wasn't like the worst. Mm-hmm. 
Anyway. My sister needs a big pair of scissors, so when she's like, God, God. <laughs> um, edit, edit, edit. Oh, anywho, um, holiday picks. I want to, I, it's not technically a holiday, but we saw it in December, was the new interview with the Vampire series. I fucking loved it. And Oh, my God. I cannot get past the third episode. It is just so fucking boring. Excuse you. Yeah. <laughs> I, <sighs> I did. I excused myself out of that series. I... I <laughs> sat through it all and i twice because you watched it without me yes so i was like oh, fuck there's a lot of stuff where i was like oh, like mm, no like they they really missed the mark on everything <laughs> and I, I mean from what i saw it's pretty book accurate in no, terms i mean <laughs> the the era is kind of different but Louis like the, is like completely different. Uh, yeah. I, well, I mean, in terms of like the key points, right? Like they actually emphasize on the, um, their relationship. How about I put that? Because yes. it, yeah, it but is... in the book, it's it's never said, but it's insinuated a lot by like the wordplay. Yeah, I'll agree. But I and mean, it's here, like it it's was more like... than insinuated. I think in in their but way uh, more. <laughs> yeah way more but anyways but, and i i think that was like to the mystique of it where you were like you knew but oh, like yeah, you yeah. it was there and like yeah. visually like the first one tom cruise did a fucking amazing job really and that's funny you say that because everybody was worried about tom cruise, cruise being doing it and yeah he fucking nailed it i was like i mean no one has ever come close to that performance the, when he would slam his hand down and you'd see when he get pissed, oh, the vein yeah. would start <laughs> popping up. And I was all like, yeah, this dude's pissed. You'd see his money popping out. Yeah. Right and I was like, shit. Anyways. No. Any, <laughs> That's like a fifth anyways, man. <laughs> Avenue 5 was amazing. I loved Avenue 5 season 2. I don't know um, Chainsaw Man. I absolutely, I'm obsessed with Chainsaw Man. Right I listen now. Borderlands. I don't, I don't know if you've seen that. I've heard of this. Yeah, but that's I, that I, Japanese uh, uh, show. It's actually pretty cool. Okay. That's actually pretty cool. That's uh, I've been watching. I'm almost done with it. Willow has finally gotten good. Oh God, I couldn't. That one I could not get past that on Willow. I'm sorry. I feel like you said that on purpose just to upset Jessica. (laughs) No, no, because people love Willow. Like I'm not gonna lie. A lot of people are like, man, you should really give Willow a second try. And I was like, oh. it's like telling me, you know what? How about nuts, Scott? Uh, you should give that finger in your butt a second try. And I'm like, I didn't like it. Yeah, no. The first time. You remember when she did it? Yeah, a different time. finger. Yeah, I was like, no, I'm I'm okay, bro. That was pretty traumatic it, for it me. Found, it found its voice in uh, episode four where it got, Jesus Christ. Sorry. If it's not banging the mic up, it's like fucking like she's just setting up a final destination kill scene right there she just <laughs> knocked down all her crochet needles, needles. and stuff we're all no trying to be like around here. careful here and she's like let me just plop this down here let me put all these needles in the blender it seems like a good holding Shut spot anyways <laughs> but i just feel like it's not a willow it's like other people and then you occasionally see willow yeah, um, yeah, I guess kind of, yeah. yeah. But I mean, I'm I'm finally starting to enjoy it. So. It's it's like all the first Transformers. I was like, this isn't Transformers. This is fucking Shia LaBeouf and Megan Fox with the Transformers <laughs> in the background. Like I'm like, this is Michael. Bay like when you go pay, uh, you take your kids to go take pictures of the superheroes. And yeah, in the background. Yeah, you're, you're like, this isn't it, you know. But whatever, whatever makes money, I guess. Mm-hmm. 
That's what it's about. <laughs> well, it's better than the Lord of the Rings show. I can say. I didn't. Much. I couldn't get into it at all. I either. Could, yeah. I mean, I I forced my way through it because I'm a Tolkien fan, and I I even by the end of it, I, I was just like, oh, I think God. I saw the first one, and I was like, mm, it's not terrible. It's just slow as fuck. Like it's yes. it's oh, God. like I'm like, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah this is like i guess now that i'm older it's like if a chick was starting to tell you like well i like it i'm like no you know what <laughs> no <laughs> this is not gonna happen this is yeah this is not gonna be a story of your life I'm like, <laughs> all right ready yeah. yeah, Jen's over there anyways, and she's already knitted a sweater. <laughs> well, I didn't, you know, she I didn't even. That fast. I didn't even, it's crochet. I didn't even say um, what the subject is. So we're going to be, or well, I'm going to be telling y'all about the first televised exorcism. And uh, this is going to be a two-parter. And I just want to say that I got all of my source material from a book by the actual person in the story. So the book is called true haunting it's by edwin becker uh i believe it was published in 2011 and i probably read it like in 2012 or 13 i don't know but um this is my sister's like reading material yeah it, you that's exorcism amazon kindle list um but uh yeah it, twilight <laughs> i just listened to that on audiobook yeah i didn't want to waste my money <laughs> but anywho's uh yeah so they're actually supposed to be making a movie of this also i don't know where that is the the last time I heard it was a year ago, but I the last time they made a movie about like an actual paranormal thing, the one with uh, the devil made me do it, Ooh, completely, it yeah. And if they would have just followed the source material, it would have been fucking amazing. It wouldn't have been a horror, but it would have been like a crime thriller, basically. Well, the thing is, like, whenever you do a like a exorcist or like a possession, it's not supposed to be a horror. It's more like a like a thriller. Mm, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. Like, yeah. it's not supposed to have like all those jump gory things yeah it's just supposed to be like a like a thriller a chino turn the head around yeah something like that well, you know? any who's um i just gosh she just dismisses I everything that we say it's, it's hilarious it's hilarious yeah. like y'all are beneath anyway shit yeah. <laughs> telling me a story of my life man. uh-huh see <laughs> um okay so I just also want to note on the notes that they're a little scattered because at first I was just trying to do bullet points and then I was going into too much detail and that's why I was just like, oh, this is already half an episode. So, yeah. Nice. Yeah. That's always good though. Yeah. All right. So uh, go ahead and sit back and relax and we'll go ahead and get started. Okay, so uh, before I even start, I'm going to say there is a trigger warning for later on in this story. Uh, the closer we get, of course, I'm going to warn you again. But uh, if for some reason you can't listen to this because of that, I suggest any other episode. Uh, we have Go Listen to a Ghost Rodeo or something. That one's a good episode. Oh, yeah. That, I forgot about that one. That one is good. <laughs> Jeez. But it did remind me I never I never have a safe word. What? Anyways. <laughs> Okay, so uh, uh, we are going to be in Chicago, and it is July 25th, 1970, and it is Edwin Becker's 24th birthday. Uh, he is looking in the newspaper desperately for some apartments, uh, and I say desperately because his wife is seven months pregnant, and their landlord let them know 
uh, that basically that, that she didn't want them to be staying there because they were going to be having a kid. Back then, it was perfectly legal to be discriminating against them for that reason. <laughs> um, so Jesus Christ. I know. So he's looking through the newspaper, <laughs> and he sees an advertisement for a two-flat apartment. Wait, wait, wait. Is that I was joking. Don't just skip over that <laughs> that's enunciation. Why, that's why I looked at you when I said it. <laughs> don't you goddamn skip over that enunciation. Okay, it was an advertisement. <laughs> <laughs> I will shut this whole thing down. <laughs> you broke my brain for a second. I was like, wait, wait. I wasn't looking at her, but I heard it and I was like, no, I am not going to allow this. <laughs> also, fun fact, they say aluminum instead of aluminum. But anyways, okay, so. No, actually, that this? is the way you're supposed to say Who it. Says this? Uh, British people. Oh, well, no, we're no, in that, Texas. that is the way you're supposed to say it. Like, if you spell it out, it's, spell, it's said like that. Not in Texas, sir. <laughs> <laughs> anyways. We don't say you all, we say y'all. I sure do. And even in my emails. <laughs> so, uh, so he finds. Uh, uh, in the newspaper, a two-flat apartment building being advertised. And so what that means that is basically it's one building and there are two apartments. There's one on the bottom and one is on the top. So so is that like a townhome? No, 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 no. Lofts, right? Basically? No, because no, like the bottom floor has its own apartment. Like mm-hmm, it has its mm-hmm. own restroom and kitchen and everything. And then the top floor also has its own like restroom. Like a duplex. Yeah, pretty much. Oh. Just a two-story um, duplex. Well, I guess like a, a upside down duplex. duplex. Yeah. Huh? Okay. Upside down duplex. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I'm, I'm focusing on that. But just... <laughs> All right, so it was advertised as an air estate. Um, and what that means is basically uh, somebody had passed away, and now the heirs of the family uh, are trying to sell it, trying to liquidate their assets and whatnot. So it's a fancy word for we need to make some money. <laughs> I like that. So he. Yeah. So he feels that the family is probably going to be more flexible on the property costs since they're just trying to get rid of it, you know? Yeah. So his wife, Marsha, uh, she is... Or, well, I should say, he goes and calls his wife, Marsha, says, hey, do you want to go see this place? And she says, no, going to stay home. I'm feeling the pregnancy today. So he makes his way over there by himself on his 24th birthday. He's like, don't tell me, don't, don't tell me I didn't warn you when I buy this place. <laughs> I so, gave you a first shot. So wait, shot. Uh, maybe I missed it, but how many months pregnant was she? Seven, Seven. months. Damn. Yeah, okay. so they're very close. Yeah. Um, oh, because I, I, well, I was going to say a lot of, I guess, like paranormal uh, activity also coincides with a woman's cycle, but I mean, if she's pregnant, yeah, and she's I, right for the picking. I'm about to, <laughs> about uh, to pop. because I, I mean, I, I would assume also like at the beginning of birth when her cycle is like completely off. I would, I would guess that that would kind of stir some type of activity. If it, but, but then the activity <laughs> so the, doesn't even begin until the, they get to this apartment, right? The ghosts are titillated by uh, <laughs> by menstrual cycles. Oh, is that what you're telling me? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Moon cycles and menstrual cycles. Sir, yeah. you're projecting here a little bit, I think. <laughs> Anywho, so, uh, so Edwin is familiar with the neighborhood. It used to be a German-Polish neighborhood, but it was turning more into a melting pot now in his older age of 24. Um, so when he first saw the house, old man. <laughs> he thought it looked gloomy, but he just attributed it to the dirty gray color. And so when he's looking at it, it's literally just a rectangle and it's got some windows in it, and he describes it as Amish, which I don't understand how that. Yeah, because I mean, the way you're describing that, do you know uh, uh, the black house from Harry Potter? You know how it's like in that 
that oh, like, square neighborhood yeah. and everything's just square and uniform and mm-hmm. stuff like that. That's what I'm picturing. Yeah, pretty much like it. Uh, Later on in the story, uh, when Marsha does see, see the house for the first time, she says, like, oh, this is certainly the ugliest house on the street. <laughs> so, uh... How grateful. <laughs> oh, no, I was all like, man, I was like, it's a house, y'all. I got this for a deal, woman. <laughs> anyway, so real estate agent Art is there. Um, he's sitting on the steps. He's red-faced and sweating. And uh, the face that Edwin says he has is, looks like he lost the lottery. So when... Art and Edwin enter into the building to tour. Uh, they are they say that they're, they're going to go to the second floor first. Um, the first floor is occupied by a family member, and this is completely not PC what he says. But he says she's as crazy as a loon, so don't pay attention to her. Um, and then after this, the first floor resident makes a quick appearance. She swings her door open, uh, looking like she hadn't bathed or brushed her hair mm. in months, holding an even dirtier and matted gray poodle. And she starts screaming at them, sons of bitches, you sons of bitches, get out. What are you doing here, sons of bitches, get out. This is real. <laughs> Sounds so Nick Cage. I, 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 I want more British in that. I, 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 I you know after that how would peppa say it <laughs> yeah just just think of uh put peppa in yeah, yeah. Hmm, hold on hold on oh you're Sons gonna try it bitches there no, you that's go that's not right okay anyways right, i've okay. offended somebody um but no, anyways no, yeah, <laughs> i would imagine they'd be like you cocksuckers this is a bunch of bollocks you cocksuckers <laughs> yeah, that's actually oh no that's good. australian actually I, I don't know but, but anyways, you know, after your performance there, I am super excited to play D&D now. Oh, God. <laughs> I want you to role play all the time now. Oh, God. Um, so, anywho, uh, Art responds back to, to my, or well, he responds back rudely. He says, Myra, get your ass back in there and shut up. You hear me? Get back in your apartment right now. Shit. Yeah. Jesus Christ. I know. So, I, I thought so, of okay. Adam Sandler with that. <laughs> shut up. You're really okay. scaring us, lady. Okay, so so uh, th- to bring it back to the serious side, right? Uh-huh. You mentioned how the landowner or, or who uh, the, the landlord, mm-hmm. whatever he was, was sitting on the, the, the stairs kind of looking really fucked up. When this family walks up, do you think that it, he's aware of what's going on? It's up not there? even a family; it's just Edwin by himself. Oh, okay. Because I was I was under the assumption that no, his wife go. was also going with him, and then he sees a pregnant woman, and he's like, "Fuck!" No, no, no she uh, didn't go. She yeah. was like, "Fuck that!" Noise. She was okay. She was feeling. Oh, the that's pregnancy. right. She was feeling the pregnancy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, so Edwin is very taken aback at how Art is speaking to Myra. He's just like, "Wow, never." Uh, or he was taught to never, you know, yell at a woman or his elders, you know. So he's just like, whoa, what the fuck? Um, so when they enter the second floor apartment, he realizes that the apartment is a disaster with furniture strewn about. Um, as they tour the apartment, uh, he just keeps telling himself nothing that uh, some new paint, wallpaper, and carpet couldn't fix. So he's already, like, trying to hype himself up for this place. This already sounds like a horror movie. <laughs> so This sounds like the Lutzes. Like, upside yeah. down crosses, goo on the wall. <laughs> nah, we could fix this. It's a deal. <laughs> <laughs> so Art shows Edwin around the building, noting that there was an attic, but there's nothing in it, and taking him down to the basement. Uh, the basement gave Edwin goosebumps, but he Ooh. didn't question it. 
this was the only area that Art wasn't talkative and seemed more nervous, like he was ready to run out. Among the things, yeah, among the, among the things they found was a portioned or partitioned off room that smelled like burning wood to the point that he opened the old stove inside of the room expecting to find like burning wood, right. but there's nothing in there. Ooh. So after, after walking around with Art, uh, Edwin is convinced he wants the building, but was more concerned whether he could actually buy it with basically no down payment. Uh, after discussing his concerns with Art, they found... Lo and behold, he gives it to him, <laughs> no. basically. <laughs> uh, after discussing the concerns with Art, they find that he could use an FHA loan to help him put a down payment on the $16,500 house. $500? $500 house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was that British. Awkward. That's British. Right? <laughs> that was such an awkward laugh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> So Art and Mr. Becker, <laughs> stop, I'm trying to be serious. Art and Mr. Becker went to his office and made the deal to offer to the family and left him with a $200 check. And that was pretty much everything that he had to his name besides the money that he had already put aside for uh, the baby to be, be delivered at the hospital. Uh, his only stipulation was that Myra, the first floor tenant, had to be gone and vacated from the building by the time of purchase. Uh, all of this was done without his wife's input. He explains that during this time, women's signatures really weren't necessary for ne- for financial transactions and really would have not carried much weight, even though she was working during that time and making almost almost as much as he was. So Marsha was excited about the news that Edwin brought. They intended to rent out the first floor apartment for $100 a month that would help pay for their $160 a month mortgage payment. Mm-hmm. So Art called... So he bought the whole building. Yes. So that means that Myra is his tenant now, right? Mm-hmm. That's well, his uh, well he, wanted a, he wanted her out. Oh, right, yeah. right, right, right. Yeah, um, so the FHA loan that he applied for usually took around four months. Uh, so they... When I say that he, like was giving them the offer that was also including that four-month time period. Mm, okay, okay. So uh, Art called Mr. B- or called Edwin the next day to let him know that the offer was accepted by the family. And the following Saturday, after both Marsha and Edwin got out of work, they went to visit the house. Fearing Marsha's judgment, he took her down a route that had nicer homes along the way. <laughs> and when they arrived, she commented on the fact that their house was certainly the ugliest on the street. Bitch. <laughs> I, uh, the pregnancy, you know, yeah. there are a lot of emotions during pregnancy. Excuses. Upon entering the house, uh, Edwin hoped Myra would not appear, and to his relief, she didn't. Uh, the couple made their way up the stairs to inspect the apartment to make a long list of the things they'd need to fix up the place. Uh, he makes note that during this time, there were no Home Depots or places that were meant for do-it-yourselfers. He'd have to visit lumber yards, plumbing stores, and the like, and figure out how to fix things himself. And it wasn't Home Depot, it was Builder Square. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> While inspecting the basement again, the smell of burning wood permeated the room. After confirming that there was no fire burning, Edwin suggested that this become the laundry room. And Marsha immediately said no, and that's that she'd never be down in that basement again. Ooh. Did she say why? 
uh, it just gave her the heebie-jeebies. Okay. That's a good reason. I I mean, it's a little underwhelming in the description, but I could assume that she she felt something a little bit more than just the (laughs) heebie-jeebies. Bless you. So in the meantime, while waiting, bless you, while waiting for the FHA loan approval that usually took around four months, and while saving at the same time, the Beckers welcomed their daughter in 1970, Christine Ann. Uh, he likes to note the cost difference between the times, so I want to insert it too. He noted that the hospital bill that he paid in full without any insurance came out 2000. to... 2000 no, $1,450. Damn. This included a three-day hospital stay, delivery, prenatal care, and all of it at the best hospital in do Chicago. You, do you remember wow. how much Sal costed? Uh, I want to say it was around $50,000. What yeah. the fuck? No, really? yeah. Yeah. It just just the delivery alone is $10,000. had a C-section, so. Well, yeah, each one of the boys is the delivery just the delivery was ten thousand dollars god you better make him get a job you that's gotta, what i'm, I'm gonna squeeze you gotta the pay shit out of him you gotta pay your birth the guy's yeah, gonna be working on making sure that you know we pay for everything <laughs> should have done it at home shit <laughs> oh, yeah. um okay so uh just let me find where i was <laughs> i think your brother gym. because it was in the military i think your brother was sixteen dollars <laughs> <laughs> it shows. Shut up. <laughs> Anyways, one week later, the loan approval for the FHA loan came through. There was one hiccup, though. They asked if Myra could stay for 90 more days after closing. Mr. Becker, seeing an oh, opportunity. <laughs> uh, so Edwin, seeing an opportunity to make more money, agreed if she paid 120 per month with all three months paid in advance at the time of closing. And they agreed. Hmm. Yeah, some, I would have been like, what did Myra do that she could actually afford that in the 1970s? I, I and think she was, it was dirty. I don't know, to be honest. I it So later on, we learned that it's the family house. So I think it was just like all the family members lived there at some point. So hmm. I don't know, family money maybe. Yeah. But it doesn't really ever say what she did. They, they The other family members probably said, you know what? We'll pay for it if you just keep her away from us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Alrighty, so uh Holy fucking dismisses me, man. Yeah. Huh? yeah. Well, I don't know the answer, so what do you what, want what, me to what say? What episode is this for you, Dad? What, five? Four? Fifth, welcome fifth welcome one, to my I life. Fifth one. <laughs> yeah. God. Yeah, th- we've been doing this for two years now. Oh, uh, oh I God. hear it. I hear it when I hear the past. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, I get the I get the eye rolls. The I'm not gonna do the podcast. And I just <laughs> and I just found out today. I send her. I was like, "Hey, Miha, did you see the videos I send you?" No. When did you send them? I was like, "Does it matter? You get home, you look at all these happy videos I send you." And no, I really deleted them, Dad. I was like, "Jeez." Anyway, go ahead, my loving daughter. Anyways, so while they were waiting on all the closing deals, contracts, and all that hoopla, Edwin asked if he could begin cleaning the apartment, but they absolutely refused until the deal was finalized. Oh, wow. That's not shady at all. Wow. And he later realized it was because the family most likely did not want him to learn that the house was extremely haunted. (laughs) Extremely. (laughs) Extremely. Yes. Wow. So the day of closing, Marsha, Edwin, and Art met all of the family for the first time at a Chicago title and trust to sign paperwork. There were five heirs present, each with their own attorney, plus one additional attorney who they presumed was Myra's. As Edwin was handed document after document to sign, 
the matter of splitting the money finally came up. The mortgage company spent $2.43 for photography to advertise the house. It was then that two of the heirs created an argument saying they never approved this, so they refused to pay. After this, the two dollars. Yep. So after this is when everything turned to chaos and had the family shouting hateful words to each other. Goddamn. Yeah. So the cost for each person was about forty nine cents. Dumbfounded and frustrated, Art pulled money out of his own pocket and paid for it so the signing could continue. After everything was done, Art didn't even receive a thank you from them for the petty fight over money. Now the Beckers could officially move in. <laughs> Imagine that. Where you're like, I'm just going to take it out of my pocket to shut him up. (laughs) Edwin immediately set to work on the building, uh, enlisting the help of his younger brother, who was still in high school, to help on the weekends. The first thing Edwin did, though, was change the locks on the outer entrance door. Second move. Yeah, second floor apartment entrances, the garage, and the outside basement entrance. This is when Myra made her appearance again, (laughs) shouting, What the hell are you doing? You don't belong here. Remembering how Art handled Myra, though. (laughs) A little (laughs) razzle-dazzle. What did he say? (laughs) Though uncomfortable with shouting at a woman, Edwin did just that. He told her, get back in there. I bought this building, and if you keep this shit up, you're out of here. Dario. I know. She told him, you don't own this building. You could never own this building. Beelzebub owns this building. (laughs) They went back and forth about ownership of the building. Myra more amused uh, at the thought of him owning the building, though. Going back to his task of changing the locks, he noted an uneasy feeling, but just attributed it to the dark, cool hallway. The furthest thing from his mind were ghosts. Before leaving, he knocked on Myra's door where he gave her a new key to the house and she quietly accepted it. He noted that there were no lights on in her apartment. While leaving, a man introduced himself as John, his neighbor from across the street that owned a secondhand shop. Ghost. <laughs> no. John, oh, asked, <laughs> John asked if he could have the port- portable cement mixer left abandoned in the backyard. And Edwin agreed as long as he took out everything that was left abandoned in the second floor apartment. Oh, nice trade. I know, for yeah, real. That's a good one. <laughs> Clean this yeah. shit out and it's yours. <laughs> so the next day at 9 a.m. That's what she said. Oh, my God. <laughs> they always say that. The next day at 9 a.m., John showed up with his truck, as promised, took everything from the second floor apartment in trade for the cement mixer. The apartment was cleared and ready to get painted and wallpapered. Did they mention what items were in the house? Um, just basically just furniture and okay, papers. Okay, so it wasn't anything, like they didn't come across something that was no questionable, right? No, there okay, is something okay. that they do that's coming up. Yeah, stack of Playboys. Mm, very God, close. Yeah. So uh, setting to work immediately, uh, Butch, his younger brother, began to paint in the first bedroom alone. What is it with those old... I'm sorry. What is it with those old names? Butch, Duke? I like, I like, I like those names. I swear. <laughs> I would I love those names. Yeah. I want to say those are cowboy names. That's what I in named Chicago. my pets. <laughs> yeah. In Chicago. Yeah. Well, I guess. Yeah, Butch. So, um, so Butch began painting the first bedroom alone. The closet in the room was doorless, and for some reason, Butch felt uneasy about it. Through his rapid painting, he would turn around frequently to make sure no one was there. 
Noticing his younger brother glancing back a lot, Edwin went into the room to see what it was that he was looking at. When he went to the closet, he didn't see anything out of the ordinary until he looked down. Isn't Butch short for Buchanan? Um, mm, I, I don't know. No. I don't think God so. Goddamn, I'm stuck on that. <laughs> Anyways, I'm it's sorry. For okay. when, when I think of Butch, I think of Bruce Willis in uh, Pulp Fiction. So, I mean, that's what I relate it to. How do you spell Buchanan? I'm sorry, go on. B-U-C-H-A-N-A-N. Like, yeah, like the liquor. Butch. Buchanan. Like hmm. the liquor. B-U-C-A-N-O-N. Buchanan. Buchanan. No. <laughs> yeah, like the, the liquor. Buchanan. <laughs> okay, so on the floor, leaning against the wall was a Ouija board. Ooh. Not believing in the paranormal, Edwin just chunked the board out into the back and Ooh, continued damn. with his tasks. Yeah, I know. Wait, how do you how do you say Cool Whip? Cool Whip. Oh, okay, because you say Ouija board, so I'm assuming you're the person that also says Whip. Oh, I say Whip. Yeah, see. Yeah. Mom always that, corrects me. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't get the correlation, but okay. Um. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Jesus. Right. Kicking people I'm, in the nuts. I'm literally Jesus never going to talk again after this episode. <laughs> <laughs> after the bedroom was painted at a rapid pace, Butch joined his brother in the living room to help paint. Painting side by side in peace, Myra then swung the door open, laughing hysterically at the two. Oh, shit. I know. Uh, Butch... It was the lead in the paint, that's why. <laughs> uh, Butch didn't know about Myra's existence until then, so... <laughs> yeah! He's, uh, who the fuck are you? He's high, dropped a load in my pants right now. Who's so, this? he only saw a person that resembled a witch holding a little poodle. Um, and it, the way he describes it is that she's holding it like a baby. So I just imagine her like holding like a little poodle and like they're just like, I don't know. Do they I'm, happen to have pictures of Myra? I don't think so. Actually. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm picturing the cat lady too. from Futurama. Mm, maybe. I I don't know how I picture her. Like I, I see her as a cartoon more than anything. I, I, I'm doing like a Tim Burton, Helen uh, oh, Carter with yeah. all the fucked up hair. Oh. Uh, Mrs. Lovett. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, okay, so uh, let me get back to where I was. Oh, yeah. Just as quickly as Myra appeared with her hysterical laughter, she began to sob uncontrollably. Taking the lead, Edwin gently led her back downstairs to her apartment. The two finally took a break and ate a hot dog, ate at a hot dog stand close by. And this was all before noon. All of that happened. <laughs> that sounds like a very impactful day yeah i'm just like i would have been done <laughs> by, by the time myra got there the, yeah the historical laughing yeah. that would have just been it. Um, I, I think it would have been the crying for me the laughing i would have been like <laughs> <laughs> um, as they walked back edwin excitedly realized that the shed in the back was still locked and that anything mm. in it was his so they broke the padlock on the door, expecting to find treasure of some value, but were instead met with what one could call a porn stash. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, that is Pater, a treasure. Yeah, it is yeah, a painter. The, <laughs> the walls were covered Winning. in pinups. There were stacks of nudist magazines, not nude magazines. He says like nudists. Okay. Um, and there were boxes filled with newspaper cutouts of anything that portrayed women in any kind of like sexy type of. They pose, did all the work for you back including then, including cartoons. Damn. And First it was, of all, there's DNA 
like all over the place, I'm sure. And fucking creepers. Holy cow. Well, we got to remember, we're, we're, we're talking pre-internet. It don't matter. Still, they're cochinos, man. Yeah. You, you found the equivalent of a website. You found the equivalent yeah. of, yeah. of Pornhub. Porn yeah. yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. The dudes, <laughs> the dudes are probably like, uh, I'm going to need a minute in here before. Uh, actually, they were both uh, kind of like mystified by it. And uh, both agreed that it was most likely... Um, Owned by somebody that was just mentally ill, they believed. Yeah, sure. That's what they told their wives. Yeah. yeah. Some crazy guy. I know. I'm going to put this box away on top of our closet Ooh, um, for, for, you know, safekeeping. You, making you sure guys were in there for like three hours. Yeah, but uh, it's because it's the crazy guy did that. <laughs> A lot of the time, though. So we do find out eventually who owned this collection. And Edwin calls him a deviant a lot. So... That's pretty much what he thinks. Out of inflatable dolls. <laughs> well, I mean, the technology wasn't there yet, I think, right? It was 1970? Well, 1870. I think, I think it was just the detail wasn't there yet. Yeah. I, I, you you know. know what? Uh, uh, actually, that was a thing. Uh, I remember my grandparents, they moved into a, a rental house. Mm-hmm. And they had just moved in first day. We're, you know, we're young kids, 10 years old, 9 years old. We go, and there is pinups all over the house, all over the, you know, that was like actually a, a the thing. thing that guys yeah. would do. Yeah, I remember that. That was a thing back then. You know, of course, that was my favorite place to go. I was like, holy <laughs> shit, I'm 10 years old and I'm looking at our boobies. Yeah, because I, I would know? go to the bars and it'd just be pin up things. I was like, yeah. So, anyway. I okay. miss those days. Anyways. <laughs> Okay, not wanting to ponder the sick individual's thought process, the two men went back to work. While exploring the basement, again, Edwin found a jar containing bullets tucked on top of a ceiling beam and an antique silver plate buried in a small pile of coal. So So you're telling me this guy got porn, ammunition, and silver? Yes. (laughs) Well, uh, the other two pieces, they're they're (laughs) sounding more like some type of ritual. Um, I don't want to say yes, Keep but they're, reading. they're, yeah, okay. Okay, so okay. So, as they examined the basement, Edwin began to realize that, uh, this was an unfinished room. There was a raised wood floor, there was a couch, a chair, and a stove, and there were just like wooden partitions, as if those were rooms. So when they're exiting the basement is when Edwin realizes the locks were set up in a way that it was keep to keep somebody inside of the basement. Like if they were locking this person in oh, there. Damn it. That was my other movie pick, Barbarian. Now that you're, oh, you're speaking of basements. Barbarian fucked me up. But yes, Barbarian was amazing. Um, but anyways, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, okay, so I lost my place. <laughs> it's after Barbarian. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, um... So weeks of cleaning, repainting, organizing, and redecorating ensured that the family would be able to meet their move-in date of December 1st. Though Edwin knew there were hundreds of hours left to do into the house, he was optimistic. On the day of move-in, it was a weekday, so his brother Butch could not be able to help him since he was still in school. Instead, Edwin enlisted the help of his best friend George, uh, and George was described as a Vietnam vet. Uh, who had returned uh, blinded? Oh my uh, god! Yeah. So though blind. So I, I'm, 
I'm not trying to be rude here, but why would you get a blind guy to help you? Well, that he does actually go into to the explanation. So when George returned from Vietnam, his family treated him like basically they did everything for him. Like right. they treated him like he couldn't do anything for himself. Right, and right. it was really uh, messing with him. It was like making him depressed and making himself like and his self-worth was Yeah, yeah. kind of gave him a task oh, yeah, to on do. On top of everything else that was going on with the country and the vets coming back from... Yeah, so yeah. when Edwin asked George, like, do you want to help? He was like, hell yeah, I do. Yeah. So, cool. so it okay. gave him purpose. Yeah, nice. Okay. So uh, so though blind, George was ready and anxious to help his friend. With the help of George, the two of them moved all of the furniture and belongings into the second floor apartment. So what would happen was that Edwin would lead and George would follow. Wow. Okay. okay. So uh, th- here's something that I want to ask that may contribute to to my thought process on everything that I'm hearing right now. Was Edwin also a veteran? I don't believe so, but Edwin does describe um, his childhood as being in inner city Chicago. Okay. Well, I'm I'm just saying because I mean, uh, uh, I, I I didn't just say like what the country was doing to the the Vietnam vets at the time, mm-hmm. because I mean, if Edwin was like a returning Vietnam vet, I could I could almost like for certain say that this activity may have been emphasized by his PTSD or shell shock, whatever you want to call it, at that time. Uh, even more so if he was like a Vietnam vet. You know what I mean? Mm. So throughout the many trips from the original apartment to the new house, though, George would turn around a lot and ask, who's there? But only in the new house. Yeah. So as the men brought everything in, Marsha would put everything in its place. And at the end of the day, the apartment was settled. So good job. I I like that little detail about... And and so that's crazy. So I don't know how much truth there is to this. So Edwin does uh, mention that uh, that because he was blind, his other senses were heightened, and so I mean it makes perfect logical sense, you know. So yeah, so yeah, um, but he did mention that. Let me see. So the next day, Edwin returned to work, getting up early with Marsha already awake. Edwin went to the bathroom and started his bath. And this bath was like an old one. Like it I he says that back then it was already just like old, but now it would be considered trendy. So I wanna say it's like probably like one of those cool garden looking baths, you know? Yeah, okay, okay. yeah, yeah. So um so he gets up, he starts running his bath, and he puts the rubber stopper in so that the water will fill up. He has the water in full full blast and he leaves to go get some coffee. When he returns, though... Coffee before a bath. Yep. (laughs) So he returns, and the rubber stopper chain was wrapped around the faucet, and the water was still running on full blast. So, believing that he just didn't put the rubber stopper in, Edwin sat in the bath as it filled with warm water. Like, he acknowledges, like, the hot water, it ran out. This is as best or as good as it's going to get. So, uh, soon, Edwin was off to work. And he excitedly spoke about his building to his co-workers. And naturally, he wanted to check in on his wife. And so he tried calling a few times. But every time, the line was busy. Uh, and much to Edwin's annoyance. So he's annoyed because at the time, uh, even local calls were still expensive. So he thought, my wife is running up the bill while I'm here at work. 
So he was upset. <laughs> yeah. So, Wait, uh, do you know how long it takes for the operator to direct your call? <laughs> I don't. Um, well, yeah, it was those big old switchboards that they used to. Oh, I didn't know that they still used them. Yeah, back it was then. just a In circuit. The 70s. Oh, wow. Oh, it was yeah. a circuit that they would need to connect. Oh, well. Um, when returning home, the two argued about the phone. He accused her of using the phone all day, and she was saying she didn't even notice that the phone was off the hook because she, because she wasn't even in the same room as the phone. So the phone was in the front of the house, like in the living room area, but she was spending most of her day in the kitchen. Uh, the next day, Edwin again drew his bath early in the morning, making sure he put the rubber stopper in the bathtub. Again, he left to the kitchen to drink his coffee, and again he returned to find the rubber stopper wrapped around the faucet. He was perplexed but not scared and believed that there was a logical explanation. So the small family soon began to get into a normal routine. Uh, the couple woke up early together, Edwin went to work, and Marsha and the baby spent most of the day in the kitchen. What would they do in the kitchen, just out of curiosity? Um, Marsha had a portable TV player in there, like one of those little black and white ones. Holy shit. And then uh, she also had, I believe it was the, like it was an apartment size washer, so she would also be doing laundry in the kitchen. That's only three of them. How much laundry can they actually have? <laughs> Holy shit. I don't know. Um, so... Yeah. When Edwin returned home for dinner, and then uh, he would continue the rest of the night cleaning and renovating the house. Within the first week, though, Marsha was convinced the place was haunted. Uh, she would wake to find her dishes out of place or her broom or small appliances moved about. And she wouldn't share her feelings with Edwin, though, because he was too logical. Soon the two of them began to always be arguing. Marsha wanted to return to work. And Edwin didn't want her to because they had a both agree they had both agreed that she was gonna stay home with their daughter until she was able to communicate. And Marsha was uneasy in the apartment though, and she just wanted out. So on December 20th was Christine's baptismal. George and his wife were to be the godparents. The priest was also asked to visit the apartment for a blessing and to have lunch afterwards with them. Agreeing to all the activities, the three men headed to the apartment. Earlier, the women and the baby had left to get the lunch ready. When they arrived, Edwin was baffled to find the building door locked. Uh, shockingly, after weeks of quiet, Myra came out and began shouting profanities at the men, mainly at the priest, yelling, Go away, you fucker. You don't belong here. Oh, shit. Yeah, I know. Um... Edwin was, of course, embarrassed and shocked and yelled at her to get back in her apartment or else she'd be evicted. And startled and a little uneasy, the men went upstairs to the apartment. Uh, before they were to enjoy their lunch, though, the priest was to bless the apartment, uh, starting in the living room. So the priest raises, like, this brass little holy water dispenser, the one that they flick around, yeah, you know? It's like a microphone. Um, so he lifts his arm to start sprinkling it around and it explodes midair. Oh, shit. Yeah, so everyone... What do you mean explodes? Like, like it just, just... Yeah, it literally explodes. Damn. So... So with a pop or... Um, they didn't describe any sound, to be honest. Uh, he just says that it was like 
just pieces everywhere. It just combusted. Everywhere. Erupted. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. 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 Um, there's an explosion going on here. Of It's that little holy water dispenser thing. Uh, he's about to bless the apartment, and he's about to do this, and God it explodes. I'm, I'm thinking fucking Robin Hood men in tights right now, and just the, hey, I bet. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Sorry. Um, okay, so... Uh, <laughs> So it explodes, and everyone is standing there in confusion, and the priest just begins to pick up the pieces of his broken holy water dispenser, and once he's collected them, he just said, I must leave now. Well, <laughs> yeah, what is this, Roman Catholic priest? Uh, I believe he's a, a Catholic priest, Yeah, yes. those, those things are made out of metal. Yeah. It was brass. Or brass, yeah. Brass, well, yeah. I mean metal. I mean, yeah, it's a, a metallic object. So, um, Duh. <laughs> so anyways, sh shocked, <laughs> Edwin begged and then demanded that the priest at least bless his daughter's room. The priest then agreed and speedily recited something in Latin and then tried to leave. He was he was in such a rush, he accidentally opened a closet door thinking he was leaving. And uh, he walked inside before turning around immediately Jesus and left Christ. out the front door. Do -do -do. <laughs> so the only moment he briefly stopped was when Edwin chased him outside to give him an envelope with the donation for the blessing. Like um, so <laughs> the very next day is when Marsha received her first very clear message that there were ghosts there and they wanted her to know. While Christine was sleeping in her room, Marsha was in the kitchen watching her small portable TV. She heard vibrating come from her handheld mixer and then saw it lift from its resting place a foot into the air above the hook it was on and then made its way towards her about eight feet before oh, falling at her feet. Yeah. So she said she wasn't scared, but just more amazed. And I could never. I would be screaming. I would have um, been like, do you know how expensive that is? <laughs> True. <laughs> Not my KitchenAid. Um, she said that many times the same incident would occur through the following months. She would also notice a certain cupboard that would always somehow open on its own, despite the cabinet being a level and a single light bulb in her kitchen that would routinely flicker. During this time, Edwin continued his work of cleaning out the basement and try, just trying to make the house look nice. Uh, this is when he started to feel as if he was being watched and would constantly be checking behind him. And this is when he would also start smelling the wood burning and he would go to make sure that the pot-bellied stove in the basement was not on. Did did he ever say that he went into any type of research on what what like the emphasis on wood burning was? Um, no, not 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 that I've noticed. Okay. Because um, I, I mean, it, it seems like a reoccurring thing to where it's something that I would imagine anybody would be like, okay, was this house involved in a fire or something? Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so he he would always check it. There was, you know, nothing ever burning. Excuse me. So, uh, let me find where I was. Oh, this is also when he started hearing a couple arguing. And this is, he, he was just attributing it to possibly neighbors. Um, but he never realized until later that it was the same argument over and over again. 
So during the cleanup of the basement, Edwin found out the name of the person that owned the large porn collection was named Ben. <laughs> oh, Ben, you dirty. <laughs> That's funny that you say that because Ben was also, so Ben was also the person that died in their bathroom that caused oh, the cell of the house. So Edwin would start talking to Ben saying things like, Ben, you old pervert. Why didn't you clean this place up? And, you know, just stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, like playful banter. Yeah, he but he was starting to talk out loud regularly to Ben. Un- unconsciously or um, was I, it willfully? I think it was willfully. Okay, because yeah, okay. I could if I I would have I would be doing that like Ben, you little dirty bird. <laughs> well, um, yeah, but I I could also assume that, or I could also imagine like, I mean, just just let's just picture it, right? Like. Uh, you are by yourself you're feeling something weird and you just feel compelled compelled to speak out loud you don't know why and you like logically don't or know that there's no one there so why are you doing it right yeah so it almost sounds like it's an impulse rather like he's literally speaking to somebody Mm -hmm. and it kind of seems like like it's these things that are starting to to affect them i guess Mm -hmm. you you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um and he says during this time he started to notice that he he was like, why am I talking out loud to Ben? Exactly, so much? and that's what I mean. Is uh, yeah, he he noticed that he that he was doing it, but it was very um, pointed questions that he was asking or like statements like, oh, this is disgusting, Ben. Why would you do this? You know, or stuff like that. Okay. So, uh, well, I mean, then it also changes the whole, I guess, perspective on why he's speaking out because maybe consciously he he's aware that there is some type of I don't know activity going on right mm-hmm. but then he's like willing and unwilling to maybe get a response like I, I don't know if maybe he's thinking like okay well if i ask the question maybe i will get a response but i don't want to hear it yeah so everything in the basement was tossed except for the old pot-bellied stove uh he managed to find an antique dealer that so that that bought all the porn for 60 dollars. oh jesus christ wow god damn it That's i was gonna bargain. ask how did ben die again um, I go over that in, in, in okay, a bit. Yeah. Okay. Um, so Edwin was proud to host his family for Christmas. Uh, he invited his favorite aunt amongst the family members over. Her name was Aunt Helen. Um, Aunt Helen had been fighting off cancer for years. Um, he noticed that his aunt was moving from room to room a lot, just standing in doorways and just staring for periods oh, of time. Shit. Yes. Okay. So he thought she was just admiring his handiwork. Like, yep. Aunt Helen knows that I did that. That was yes. me. But um, later on, he realized she was probably seeing things that they could. Yeah. And how old was she? Um, I don't know her age, but hmm. but I imagine. Does he ever mention that maybe she 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 had like a past? Well, not a past life, but like in her younger years, she did have experience with like the paranormal. I don't know about her younger years, but um, when she's closer to death, I think they did. Or she did say something about like uh-huh. knowing. And would you be upset if I said Moni was uh, the boy's favorite aunt? Mm-mm. Oh, I mean, I'm just joking because they don't even know her. But oh. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all like, yeah, uh, she's my favorite aunt too. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so the phone bill that uh, the couple had anxiously what? <laughs> that was just weird out of nowhere. You know, <laughs> like, what? 
Uh, anyway. Yeah, so uh, the phone. Oh, because he said that was his her, his favorite ad. Ah, okay, okay. <laughs> Any who's. So uh, <laughs> the phone bill that the couple had anxiously been waiting for finally arrived, and it proved that Marsha was not always on the phone as Edwin had accused. Man, I bet you that was a big victory for her. She wasn't letting <laughs> that go for a week. <laughs> she saw posting it on the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> I would do that. I'm that petty. <laughs> I believe it. I believe it. Anyways. Um, so the couple began to regularly check if the phone was on the hook. Um, and if it wasn't, they would just quietly put it back in its place. Oh, so it would be off the hook. Oh, yeah. Constantly. Wow. Okay. So there was never a talk of ghosts, though. Around this time is when Edwin got a dog for Marsha. Its name was Holly and was a three-year-old shepherd and husky miss. Mix. Sorry. Man, she's starting to sound like she's turning into... What's the downstairs neighbor? Uh, oh, Myra. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to get a dog and you're slowly going to go insane. I already have a, a Lola. No, not you. I was oh. talking about the, the lady in the story. Oh. <laughs> I am going like to go you. crazy. <laughs> I am Myra. <laughs> so Holly would act like a normal dog and bark at things outside. But one particular night, she woke up and began barking at the sound of heavy footsteps on the back porch. They were slow, heavy, and deliberate. They assumed it was Myra, but when they opened the door, they found that no one was there. After this, the footsteps became a regular occurrence in the household. Small things also began to uh, happen, like doors opening on their own. Uh, the couple were beginning to argue more regularly, um, and they began to hear the, the couple arguing, the like the unseen one. Uh, and one night, it even sounded like the couple was on their back porch. After some time, though, they realized it was always the same argument, the same tone, and it usually lasted about the same amount of time. <clears throat> I wonder if this involves a murder. Um, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Um, the couple also noted that around this time, their four-year-old cat began to act strangely. Normally, the cat would be in the living room, but suddenly it began to start hissing at something unseen and run out of the room. And soon the cat would no longer stay in the living room and would be in the kitchen and the bedroom with the family instead, occasionally just hissing at the living room. So, I know, that's creepy, yeah, right? Yeah, that is creepy. That is creepy. Um, one morning, Marsha casually mentioned that she thought this place was haunted. She listed her mixer falling, the phone always mysteriously being placed off the hook, the pets acting weird, the bathtub that uh, had to be babysat or else the plug would wrap itself around the faucet, and Edwin was just too logical and denied it. Um, but this is when he just started to have that, you know, thought in the back of the head, but he didn't want to say it out loud. So here's my... Well, I'm not going to say it's an issue with the story, right? I guess it's an issue in general with, like, all uh, poltergeist activity, right? They always talk about, like, these cabinet doors opening and stuff, but I never see the relevance in terms of, like, whatever demon or whatever entity is going to be fucking with the house. Like what is the importance and, and i'm not joking right i'm trying to stay serious here but like maybe it's it, just because it's more noticeable yeah you think so uh, maybe mm -hmm. like hey look i'm here mm -hmm. this well, is its uh, way uh, of, well i mean well, well yeah i guess it would be noticeable you, in terms of like you're filling up the water the, the bathtub uh wrapping the the plugger would that, that be sounds very more noticeable. malicious like uh, like as a prank i think it's an attack on your sanity because 
you start to okay. wonder. Okay, okay, that makes a I, lot of sense. That, did that, I do that? Is it just me? Um, and you'll close it. You know how when you leave and you think, did I turn yeah. off whatever? It's that kind of effect where you're like. Vibrators vibrating without batteries. Yeah, that's no. very confusing. <laughs> well, I mean, that's a that's a life hack right there. Yeah. Shit. Well, because you, you start to think about it. You're like, well, fuck, what is it? Like, damn, you know, like, is is it me? Am I just imagining? Yeah. Am I going through dementia? What, and that makes right that makes a lot of sense now with that explanation is, yeah, it is a, an attack on your, your mental state. I yeah. Guess. Okay. Okay. Because then, like, who do you who do you tell that to? Like, they're like, what? Well, and if you were to tell someone that was there with you, a family member significant other they're gonna just tell you well i'm pretty sure you just left it open and you're yeah freaking out and you're like you probably forgot yeah, yeah and that that's right. the thing when oh, we start shit, to sound like yeah. A, yeah you start to sound like a like and, you know you're losing it or when you tell them they just go anyways <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna say it kind of goes back to um skinwalker ranch where the one of the times was when they were taking in all the groceries, I think, and oh, then yeah. all of the cupboards were open. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I think it's that was a helpful ghost. <laughs> well, I think they the took out and... all of the groceries. Oh, no. I think. Oh, they, they... <laughs> I think so. I remember that they it took was... out all the outdated groceries. It was. I remember it was not helpful. <laughs> um, but anywho's uh, trying to assuage his and his wife's fears of possibly having ghosts, he called Father Barnes again. When Edwin told the priest who he was over the phone, the priest took a no a notable turn in tone. Edwin requested the priest come back to complete the blessing in the house, and he responded, "Like the blessing I gave previously, it's sufficient." So after, yeah, <laughs> uh, now y'all go, y'all good, y'all yeah, good, yeah, pretty yeah. much. You're good, fam. <laughs> so yeah. after some back and forth, the priest hung up on Edwin. He's all not wow. about it. <laughs> Wow. So later on in the story, does the priest ever go on record saying like, "Hey, this is why I denied this"? Not that I, uh, not that I am aware of. Okay, okay. Um, so Edwin calls back immediately. He's like, "What the hell?" Um, and he asks the priest outright, "Do we have ghosts?" Um, so not wanting to lie, but also not wanting to admit to something like that, Father Barnes just uh, did not agree or deny the claim, and said that the church did not get involved with things like that. <laughs> the fucking priest just like pulled a 180 on him. Yeah. No hable inglés. <laughs> no está aquí. And no he hung speaker. up on him again. Yeah. <laughs> like, sir. Um, that donation was trash. <laughs> Don't ever <laughs> call me. <laughs> so the same evening when returning home, Myra waited for Edwin at the door. She reminded him that she was leaving that week and she told him she was glad that she was going. Oh, wow. That she knew he went into her apartment at night and would put cigarettes out in her coffee and moved things around. Uh, what? Yeah, baffled. Edwin responded he'd never gone into her apartment. So after Myra was moved out, Edwin set to cleaning up her apartment to rent out immediately. This is when he would think his eyes would begin to play tricks on him. As he swept out the rooms and scrubbed the floors on his hands and knees, he twice thought he saw a figure out of the corner of his eye. Ooh. At first, he thought it was his wife. The second time, he realized that the figure was taller than his, his five-foot wife and hesitantly called out, Hello? Only to receive Ooh. no response. Nice. Yeah. It did sound like his wife. Didn't say nothing back. <laughs> so after finishing cleaning for the day, he decided that the next weekend is when he would paint. That week before the paint was even done, they started getting calls for the apartment to be rented out. 
the couple uh, liked a couple that they had met. They were named Dave and Ellen. Like their landlord before them, they were too, they too were being evicted for having a small child. So Dave, Jesus Christ. I know. So uh, Dave and Ellen gave a deposit and the first month's rent and were expected to move in on March 1st. Uh, to make sure that the basement was ready for the tenants to use as a washroom, Edwin set to work on painting the room. While working, he was suddenly jolted by the sound of moving furniture, as if somebody were dragging a heavy chair or table across the floor. And this is where the first floor apartment is directly above him. It is empty, so he doesn't know what the fuck's going on. Uh, not wanting to disturb the paint he just did, he went around outside to check the vacant apartment to make sure no one was inside, and of course nobody was, and there was just no obvious reason for the sound. When he went back upstairs, he asked his wife if she was moving anything across the floor, maybe the sound traveled through the empty apartment, and she denied it and asked him, why are you asking me these questions, you know? Um, so Dave and Ellen move in, and uh, they say it was like a comfort to know that another couple was down there, so they could attribute the sounds of slamming doors and moving furniture and voices to actual living people. But the first strange incident uh, came to Edwin's attention by Dave. Dave approached Edwin as he was arriving home, requesting that uh, he let him know if he plans on shutting the electricity off again for some reason. Oh, shit. Yeah, so Edwin was like, what do you mean? And Dave told him, I was listening to a record the night before, and my electricity just stopped out of nowhere. And I went and looked at your window and saw that your electricity was still on, but a couple minutes later, it turned back on, so I didn't really question it. So Edwin was like, well, we have separate breaker boxes. That's weird. This is an old house. Uh, just let me know next time it happens. So we move to April, and the weather in Chicago <laughs> starts clearing up. So Edwin starts making his way home for lunch. Uh one day when he arrives, he notices a small elderly woman sitting on the front stairs dressed in a heavy coat. And not wanting to question what she was doing there, Edwin just smiles and nods at her, not thinking much of it because it was common for elderly folk to stop and rest on people's front steps. So the same month is when Edwin officially met his neighbor, Walter. And I have a feeling y'all will love Walter. Um, <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> you'll see. So, <laughs> so Walter was described as a stocky and uh, clearly was a laborer in his youth. Uh, Walter, I believe, is retired at this point. Uh, in his old age, he kept his yard and garden groomed. His and what uh, Edwin describes his basement is immaculate. The two men, uh, they are in Walter's basement, and they sat around just talking to each other, enjoying shots of Southern comfort. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah. So this is when Edwin was able to find out some history about his house. Walter divulged that the family that lived there had multiple instances of death in the house and that some had suffered from mental illness. The first uh, that he shared had died in the house was the mom from a broken heart, he said. After she and her son Bob had a falling out, Bob moved out. Every day, Bob walked to and from work, passed the house, and never looked in the direction. When the mother got up later in years, she was confined to a wheelchair where she would watch her son pass by twice every day. 
They said that sometimes she would call out to him, and if she really did, he never looked at her once. What an asshole. <laughs> so she died on the first floor, or died in the first floor apartment. Trigger warning, trigger warning. Another person that died in the first floor apartment was a son that was mentally ill. He had died young in his 20s. There was no confirmed death that they knew of, but it was rumored to be a suicide. Oh, that's where I was supposed to do the trigger warning. <laughs> um, another person that died in the building was Ben's wife, who hung herself in the basement. Holy cow. Yeah. It was also confirmed another son died in the apartment, as well as the father, making a total of five deaths. In, the, in that house. In that house. Same family. Yes, all the same family. Maybe... There was already something there before the family. Maybe that would... Because, uh, you know, I mean, the way this is going, it's assuming that the spirits or demons are the family that passed away. But maybe mm -hmm. it was something else that made the family do what they did. Mm -hmm. You know, make them go crazy. Well, uh, and uh, Walter does say that the father was a very violent and just not a good person really yeah so i mean it, I, it, it's i'm curious though i mean I, i'm pretty sure you don't have the history but i'm wondering if the the dad was in uh in the military as well if he was maybe in the korean or world war ii and you know and he had the shell shock hmm. and of course without the proper uh, uh um medication and assistance yeah you know this yeah. might have been something yeah. as well hmm. So, so anyway, would it have been Korean or would it have been World War? It could have been either because they weren't that far apart. Yeah, um, was in the I'm just so thinking like the probably the the laboring process of the you know depression and all that stuff. Oh yeah, that too could have led to. I mean, it was it was hard times back then. Yeah, that's know? what I'm saying. I yeah, think there it was no been... VCR yet. Yeah, I mean, you're cutting out uh, magazines for porn. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're putting them in walls yeah. and just spewing your DNA everywhere. It's a hard Chris. time. Yeah. All yeah. right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> After Sorry. The, Sorry. <laughs> so after the two finished their fourth and final shot together, Edwin went home to Marsha and decided to take her and the baby out and about and didn't return home until 10 p.m. that night. As the family passed the bottom tenant's apartment, Dave rushed out and asked if they had been home at all today. Uh, Edwin said no, why? And Dave explained that there were loud noises, as if things were being knocked about, furniture being dragged in their apartment. So Edwin thanked him for looking out for them and went inside to make sure that there were no intruders. And he found the apartment as they had left it. Uh, but both the cat and dog were cowering together in the bedroom. Oh, shit. Yeah, so uh, the next day, Edwin returned to work and went home for lunch again. Again, he saw the elderly woman on his front steps and greeted her. And uh, again, she didn't say anything. So when he again asked Marsha uh, who she was, Marsha was just like, I don't know what you're talking about. So they went out to look at the window to see if she was still there, and she was gone already. Oh, shit. Yep. So the next month of May, an incident at night was the first time Edwin openly admitted to believing they had ghosts. He and Marsha were in bed, ready to go to sleep for the night, when Holly jumped up and began growling at the door in a defensive attack position. Oh, shit. Yeah. Okay. Concerned, Edwin turned on the light and walked around the apartment to confirm that there were no intruders. After they cleared everything, Edwin returned to his bed with Marsha, and she asked, what was it? 
and he just said i think she saw something or sensed something that we couldn't see and so she said you think she saw a ghost and he's like yep i think she saw something that she imagined to be a threat that we couldn't see Ooh, yeah. Myra, it, and Myra's back. <laughs> and it's funny you say that the way you say that, or the way he says that is, it it assumes something was a threat. Yeah, or well, he describes like Hall. You know, Holly is half husky, so she is. He says that she's like got her throat to the floor, like she's in a pouncing position. You know, and he's saying, "Uh oh, what? What the hell?" It's a Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's saying Bullshit. like throat to the floor, like so, like there's no uh, open way for anybody to like get her. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, he he really imagined that there was something threatening there. So uh, where what are we at right now? One hour thirteen. Okay. You still got plenty of time. You got about forty five more minutes to <laughs> fill in. I have a couple. I have a little bit more. Okay. So. Okay. So the next day, when Edwin finally admitted that there were ghosts in the apartment, Marsha and Edwin began to finally speak freely about their problem. Marsha wanted to move. And oh, wow. Yeah. She, she was just like, let's get the fuck out of here. But Edwin pointed out that they'd lose money, they had no money saved up, and they'd be in the same predicament of finding an apartment that allowed kids. So later that night, while eating dinner together, the kitchen door swung open. Edwin announced, Ben's here. Oh, shit. Yep. Okay. Staring at the door, he had an idea. He then went to the door and tied a string around a hook to the door uh, and the the handle and knowing that it would hold this door in place. So he returned to the table and they just sat and wait, you know, quietly eating, just looking at the door. And as expected, the doorknob begins to turn. And the door begins to try to open. And, you know, it can't open. So it begins to rattle and shake. So, yeah. So he's just like, what the fuck? And uh, so after dinner, they untie the kitchen door to go check the phone. Because Edwin was like, he's upset that the door can't be open. So I bet he took the phone off. And so he goes and sure enough, the phone's off the hook. Wow. Wow. So, so like he was calling these things too. Yeah. Well, I mean, after a while, you kind of see the pattern, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty sure he's like, okay, this is a ghost and this is what he does. So uh, Edwin puts the phone back on the hook and immediately George is calling him and uh, he answers the phone and George is like, uh, dude, I've been trying to call you. I don't know if he said dude. <laughs> but, um, and he's like, I've been trying to call you for the past hour. Like, but your phone's been busy. And Edwin tells him like, oh yeah, it's the ghosts. And George, uh, George is just like, oh yeah, you have ghosts. And cause like George doesn't believe him at all. So Edwin's just like, you know what? You and your wife, Anne, come over tomorrow for dinner and I'll show you the door trick to prove that we have a ghost. So he agrees, and the next night they come over. Um, but that morning, the couple wake up to their room freezing. Oh, shit. Okay. So uh, they realize that the gas was shut off in the middle of the night, and uh, it was only in their apartment and only in certain rooms. Um, okay. Okay. And so Edwin's just like, I'm done with this. But he knows he needs to go to the attic because that is where the gas shutoff is. So he needs to actually take a ladder outside and enter the attic from the outside of his house. 
And that's where he sees, you know, the valve is turned off. He goes and opens it again and relights the pilot light. Everything's good to go. And they're just more annoyed than anything. So uh, this is when, let me see, did I even put that in there? Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I, I got a little ahead of myself. So uh, this is when Edwin, uh, he goes to work that same day. He starts telling his coworkers and they actually start sharing their ghost stories with him. And uh, he's just like surprised. Like everybody has like, like this, a ghost story. And it's not like some crazy, like crazy ghost story it's just like oh yeah i saw so some like person walking in the hallway it used to be the person that used to live here you know yeah and then they start their own podcast called (laughs) let's chat paranormal yes they were the first ones (laughs) um so uh again uh edwin goes home for lunch that day and he sees the the elderly woman again and she's sitting on the front steps he greets her passes by she doesn't say anything and again, Edwin tells Marsha, like, she's on the front steps again. Uh, and by the time they go out there, she's gone. So that night, George and Anne come over. And after small talk over dinner, Edwin's like, all right, I'm going to show you the trick. So he ties the string to the door and uh, they all just wait. And Ben, be- or well, Edwin begins to antagonize Ben. Oh, shit. Yeah. Just- He's all, I need you to see this. <laughs> Come at me, bro. Pretty Come much. Come at me, bro. <laughs> so, Big um, <laughs> So the door begins to rattle and shake. And Anne is describing everything to George as it's happening. So. Oh, that's right. He's. Um, he's blind. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So after two minutes, it stops. George immediately, he's all like, I don't believe it. It's not a big deal. It was a truck passing by that was vibrating the door. Um, so from there, George begins to antagonize Ben, saying, do something bigger. If you want to impress me, you got to do something bigger. Oh, Jesus Christ. That's what she said. <laughs> so um, they describe having some, uh, what is it, like cupboards. So they have that top row of cupboards. And there's like this space, like maybe a foot or two in between the cupboard and the actual ceiling. And uh, Edwin had decorated it with like some fake plants and a spindle. I don't know how big the spindle is. Um, But anywho, so so George is antagonizing Ben saying do something. And the spindle from those cabinets like comes off of the cabinets floats about six feet over to the table and is over their head, pauses midair, and then crashes down into the table. And everyone is just like freaked out and speechless. And George is just like, what was that? Well, he couldn't see it though. Yeah. Remember, he's blind. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So said, I didn't see it. I didn't see it. <laughs> so that's when Edwin said that either he himself or George pissed Ben off. Afterwards, they led Ben from the table to the cap, or they let George from the table to the cabinets to see the distance from where the spindle traveled. And he also felt the weight of the object and realized if it had actually landed on one of them, it could have done some real damage. Uh, he again proclaimed he didn't believe in ghosts, but he never returned to that house again. <laughs> yeah. Okay, chicken shit. So yeah, no uh, shit. this is going to be the last of this episode for this. So Mar- Anyways. <laughs> so soon, Marsha finally saw the elderly woman that Edwin had been seeing. 
One day while Edwin was leaving, Marsha called out to him for a kiss. She took a few steps out and the two shared a kiss and looking down at the bottom of the stairs inside of the building stood the woman. Oh, oh shit. Yeah, only she was looking up at them with a serious and sad expression. The two of them saw the woman and would later explain it away as saying like, oh, that must be Dave and Ellen's moms or like one of their moms is visiting. So later that night at dinner, Marsha shared with Edwin that she spoke with Ellen and neither of them had their mother over. This is when she said that she believed that they saw a ghost and that Edwin had regularly regularly been seeing this ghost. Edwin was shocked and denied or denied it and he said every time he passed her she looked like she was solid and real. So he planned to like touch her on the shoulder or some, sometime like the next Assault. time he saw her. Assault. <laughs> but um he actually saw her one last time and it was only at a distance. And so that's it <laughs> for nice. until next week. Until next week. Yes. Nice. I like it. I'm excited for the next part. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well. Good job, but you know. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting. I don't know if I can complete next week because I can't be rude or I, I am rude apparently. Anyways, <laughs> you, when you do it next week. You You're from Texas. <laughs> <laughs> you got to be rude. <laughs> Anywho. That, that, that was really good. good. Yeah. yeah. That was really good. Mm-hmm. I really wanted to hear more of the the English accent, though. Yeah. You got you got a week to practice. My, yeah, it's my okay. Peppa Pig. Yeah, yeah we'll watch know. we'll watch extensive Peppa Pig. Uh, oh yeah. Downtown oh, yeah. Abbey, you know. <laughs> oh shit. The Crown. The Tudors, because at least Henry Cavill is in there. Oh, you know what? I almost uh, or well, one of my future potlucks is going to be about the Tudors. So, yeah. Anywho's. <laughs> Anyways. Anyway. Uh, yeah, so thanks, guys. If you uh, made it this long to where we're at, if you have any feedback, go ahead and send it to let's chat paranormal at gmail.com. Um, if you have any stories that you'd like for us to cover, uh, send them in. You know, we like suggestions and whatnot because most of the time I'm just like, what do we do? Um, but yeah, all right, <laughs> that scared me. Uh, make sure you're drinking all of your water. Make sure Why? you're wearing what? sunscreen. Why? It's like what, like 70 degrees in January the right now. The sun is always out to get you. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, okay, all right. Well, I wish. Okay, anyways, all right, I love you, bye. Wait, 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 wait. If oh. anyone's selling their Playboy collection. Oh, oh, I was wait. about to say, uh, oh, yeah. where is our shack if that's us? Yeah. So, you know, where is the shack uh, that... Eva's <laughs> dad used to collect Playboys. Everybody yeah. used to. Yeah, every, everybody's... Oh, Playboy collections. My so. dad used to hide them in between his freaking mattresses. I would take them from there, and then I'd put them under my brother's mattresses, and then I would tell my mom... Rudy has paper <laughs> under his bed, and then my mom would go over there. Okay. Now we would go to Mexico, so I had the big tecate yeah. fucking Donkeys. ladies. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. All right. I love you. Bye. Anywho. Bye bye. Donkeys. Play ball the minute I play. I am.